0: Hello and welcome to the Filmmaking Stuff podcast, where you'll get insider tactics on how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, LA-based motion picture executive, Jason Brubaker. Hey filmmakers, Jason Brubaker with Filmmaking Stuff. Joining us today is the Tom Malloy. Uh, you probably know him because uh, him and I do a lot of work together over at Filmmaking Stuff HQ. But for those of you that are new to uh, Tom, uh, Tom's raised over $25 million to fund independent feature films, of which he's made quite a few. And uh, the, real, the real question, I guess, for, for you know, I, I guess for summing up here their year 2020, Tom, and I, I'd love, I'd love for you to share a year review in terms of how you were affected with all this craziness. Let's just get right into it.
1: Yes. Well, sticking to film only. <laughs> Let's. Say we'll keep it <laughs> film only because, yeah, <laughs> that's what I can talk about. But you know, it's. Look, the the, the year started at um, a normal pace. We went to real screen. Um, my colleague and myself, Michael Tapia, myself, uh, he's our head of television and Real Screen is a um, unscripted TV market. And then I went to Berlin with my colleague, Rob, and this is through my sales company. And so we were there, you know, at those two major markets. And then in Berlin, which was the February 20th, 27th, people were starting to talk about it. Like a couple of people, I remember we'd get a, a few emails back when we're not attending and they were mainly from China um, we're not attending Berlin due to the COVID-19 outbreak. And I think one or two Italian buyers were worried at that time. And uh, after that is obviously when everything hit. Now, I'll disclose here that Berlin, is, that Berlin 2020 was our worst market ever. <laughs> and the reason being is that most of the time you make the sales post-market. And right post-market is when everything hit. And I don't think anybody knew what was going to happen at that point. I didn't know what was going to happen. And I, everybody went, and took a breath, you know, so nobody wanted to buy anything. Nobody wanted to do anything. And it was a, a strange time. But then around April, May, things started picking up and they started realizing that everybody's watching movies and there was a lack of content. And you can even see it still to this day. You go on iTunes and, or Apple TV and the movies that are new, it's not really good. I mean, sometimes on the weekend, I'd be alone. I'd oh, let's see what's on. You go, oh, yeah, I missed that one. it's in theaters. And you'd watch it. Now the selection is, is, is very abysmal, you know, uh, very small movies. Every once in a while, you get something. So, but what happened is the more and more content. So as a total supply and demand thing, we started getting more sales, if you can believe it. Uh, so that for, in as it pertains to filmmakers, that the kind of whole thing on this, and then I can talk about the virtual market aspect is that filmmakers had an opportunity and still have an opportunity to fill that hole, so to speak, because productions, really stopped so if you have less content that makes your content more valuable
0: yeah it's really funny how uh, supply and demand plays into this right i learned about that concept i think in fifth grade it's a general economics concept but if you got a whole bunch of people sitting at home unable to go really anywhere mm-hmm. what are they going to do to entertain themselves well they're going to look for content and uh it's interesting i was going to ask you about the sales company in terms of what you were able to do so it was a pretty good year for you guys it was, you
1: know, and, and that's like, I got to be honest, that's one of the questions that you and you know that we get a, a lot of times in our mastermind calls that we do twice a month for all the filmmaking stuff HQ members, they'll ask us, you know, like, so is this a good time to make a film? And I, I you know, my answer is like, really, it's, it's not an ideal time to make a film, but it's, a, it's definitely an ideal time to have a film completed that you can sell, you know, and there'll still be a time. So it's going to take a while for that kind of to normalize. So you probably have a good year and a half period where so, I mean, even the dis- dis- distributors and sales agents that I talked to had increased their acquisitions uh, by three, fourfold because they wanted to uh, acquire more movies and have more content. So that's really the the basis of it. And, and really, uh, you know, there's certain things lost production-wise lost film festivals that I feel really bad for people that got into Cannes or got into Telluride or one of the major festivals because there were virtual and it wasn't a thing. But um, as far as having a film to sell, the market side of it was really strong. Yes, I got a, we got a lot of sales. It was a banner year for us.
0: What about on the library content? So I, I'm a filmmaker, I have a film that goes out there. The rights have now reverted back to me. In normal economic circumstances, that would have less value did the value changed. Would you have more yeah. value now with the library? Well, the key
1: funnel? is, so if, if you just had the rights, that's one thing, you know, because you can only exploit it personally to certain platforms. But uh, if you had a sales agent or there were some movies that came to us that were sold by other sales agents, distributors, and then the rights lapsed and they they had it and they didn't know what to do with it. Yes, library has now had more value because of more and more platforms, you know, because of the AVOD platforms, especially. AVOD has come on super strong. AVOD being ad-based VOD, your Tubi and your Pluto and your Pongolo and things like that where, uh, and even YouTube uh, for where you can watch it for free, but you have to watch ads that started generating a ton of content. I mean, one of our biggest providers is an international YouTube service that has, eight to 12 million subscribers on it and that generates huge revenue so we put our some of our films that hadn't sold in certain territories we just geo-blocked it which is blocking that territory so like if it's sold in uk it can't be shown in uk but the places that it didn't sell for these older movies those those titles started really generating revenue
0: and then how would you say that bled over because because you were actually able to raise some money neck and get a big film together um would you say that this whole COVID thing had something to do with that. On a positive note, or I mean, how do you work a production in all this craziness? Well,
1: okay. So the, to be clear about that, that production took place prior to the March, prior to the explosion. Yes, and it was it was the movie was called Lansky, and it was Harvey Keitel, Sam Worthington, Minka Kelly, and uh, you know it's 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 being sold by Voltage Pictures, who did Hurt Locker and uh, Dallas Buyers Club, and so. You know, that film itself, I was able to get in on one of the executive producers on that and bring money to it kind of before things happen. So that doesn't exactly apply. I'm just happy I got a movie in before then. But, you know, what I really did to give an example is like I have a film that, you know, I hesitate talking about too much detail because it's I got a verbal commitment to finance it. (laughs) I'll I'll talk about it when there's check or the wires in the bank. But let's just say it it seems like it's going to happen. The key is, um, say this guy was ready to go tomorrow. I'd still say, like I told him, let's shoot April, April, May. Well, I told him April fifth is the starting date, and that might shift to May. And that reason is just, you know, the vaccine will be more spread, and you know, more people will be immune, have the immunization, and so. um, I just think it's a safer time right now instead of trying to battle all these COVID restrictions or make a pandemic movie, which everybody's, every filmmaker I knew made a a movie with masks on and stuff like that. And it's like, ah, you know, like I, I don't, I honestly don't think people are going to want to be reminded of it when it's all over, you know?
0: Uh, Yeah, that's interesting too. And, and, um, earlier when you were saying about the movie that you did get funded or you did. So that was finishing funds for that one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I came in. It was, I think the production had had almost finished or was just finished. And so it was just uh, to fill a gap in there. So,
0: and, yeah. And so that, that also plays into the supply and demand thing you were talking about earlier though, because now you have almost a fully finished motion picture and you can get in at a point to help push it over the edge. Yeah. And, and that's tremendous value to, to you and them.
1: Mm -hmm. made exact it it made tons of sense at that point because then it's like okay now you have something to sell if you actually have something that's completed and something to sell you're in a pretty good position right now
0: and then as far as this other one that you're raising money for where you have like prospective investor that's showing interest is it it safe to say that most of those folks understand that we're in a global pandemic and uh there may be a delay or two when it comes to getting these things into production
1: (laughs) yeah i mean they, they they have to understand that and um you know, there's just a lot of restrictions in place, like, you know, that you, that you may or may not want to deal with. Um, there was a, a a viral post that went around YouTube and, you know, not getting it's it, whatever political or belief you have about the virus, but some woman was pointing to a film set and because her, she owned a small restaurant and her restaurant was shut down, but the film set, she's showing like, they're going and they're eating every day in the film set. And though I'm sure a lot of people saw that post and was like, yeah, I screw filmmakers. The filmmaker, I think, it was, I saw Dean Devlin, who's uh, Electric Pictures and, um, and I, the person I know, and wrote a thing about it and it was like, uh, one, they were getting tested literally daily. Two, everybody had masks on the set. Three, there was a complete social distancing rule. So it's like, this is a contained unit of people getting tested daily and following all the guidelines yes of course they're allowed to go and continue versus your business your small restaurant you don't know who the hell's coming in the second they're coming in they're taking off their masks as soon as they sit down and it's like there's no control there so you can't point to that and be like oh they have to do it no there's so much controls on the film set quarantine oh and also forgot to add they had to everybody had to quarantine for two weeks before it started and two weeks after it ended you know what i mean so it's like there's just so much control there. So you have to, as a filmmaker go, do I want to have to deal with that right now? Um, or do I want to try to push until it's a little bit better? If there's a way to push without losing your investment, I would say, do that. You
0: know, it's it 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 a little bit safe there. It's, it's funny you bring that up though too, because, you know, obviously, I'm sure everybody's heard the whole Tom Cruise rant, you know, when he was running his, uh, his, uh, production. And it was the same sort of thing like COVID safety protocol and the importance of that. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and you know, I'm sure they were following it mostly,
1: and then he just flipped out, and I I don't quite agree with the way he handled that, but it's like it, I could see it probably comes from stress, and it probably comes from he really had the desire to pull off a big movie during this time to show everybody else he could do it uh, for for the health of the industry. So his yeah, that's what I was gonna good. say. It's
0: not just for could've, him for yeah. the health of the industry because yeah, yeah, he could have put. put-
1: yeah, he could have taken them aside and talked to them sternly instead of flipping the f out. You know what I mean? But so that being said, I understand a hundred percent where he's coming from because yeah, there were people that were losing their money. If you were only in production, it was a tough year for people. Thank God, uh, you know, in sales and um, you know, and and and, and distribution. So.
0: Yeah, and okay, so that that kind of brings us to to uh, hopefully. I'm very optimistic. I think the future head's going to be much better than what, what we just experienced, but yeah, what, what's your prediction?
1: Well, you know, first off that we had this change over to virtual markets, you know, and that's, that's gotta be one of the number one questions that we get. I mean, through emails, through filmmaking stuff, through our membership site, you know, the people that talk to us um, about, you know, what's this virtual market because markets are the best place to sell your film. And so I'll just say, let me address those for a second and say this, that the virtual markets if you can do the same steps that you took for an actual physical market, which is set up your meetings in advance, then get the meetings and take it and take it on zoom. Um, you're not losing that much, you know, and and honestly you're saving money because you're not flying to France or Berlin or, uh, or even Santa Monica, if you don't live in Los Angeles. So any of those places um, there's some savings on money there and it's never going to be as great as face to face, but there's definitely value. And you can, and people are a lot more apt to take zoom meetings and maybe even some bigger up people are more accessible via zoom than they weren't uh, when though they had to carve time or they had to go somewhere for a meeting and they had to show up. So maybe they're a little bit more accessible. So the key there is that's going to extend a little bit for a while. Obviously Berlin is virtual. Can the verdict is out. It depends on how the vaccine spreads. Can is normally in May. And they have the option to push it to June, July, or maybe even August this year, I will make a prediction that AFM will be live this year, which would be November. So by November, I believe AFM will be, there'll probably be people wearing masks, but uh, it'll be a live event, I think at that time. So that's my prediction and goal. So then it's back to normal. So I'll say this, in in the grand scheme of things going into the new year, you have to look at it and say, push your production just a little bit longer and see how it plays out. If you, as long as you don't lose investment, uh, but understand that if you can get a completed film, you still have that value period. I'd say for all of 2021, that's the best time to sell your film prior to everything getting back to normal because there's still a lack
0: of content. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you coming by, giving the update. I'm sure that's helpful to a lot of people out there, all of, <laughs> frankly, all around the world that listen to this podcast. But, um, well, you know, it's in a way, this has been kind of an interesting year too because we're we're not experiencing this, you know, in an isolated way. We're all in this together. And I think in a sense in the filmmaking community, that's even made us a little bit closer. I, I know you've, you've talked about our mastermind a little bit throughout this conversation. Uh, for those of you that don't know, um, Tom Malloy and I have a mastermind. You can find out more about it at filmmakingstuffhq.com. So filmmakingstuffhq.com. And uh, that's in there. That's w- what we do is we get on a call uh, every other week. It, it's actually not a call. It's a, it's like a Google hangout and we're able to see each other and, and have these conversations, but we work to push projects forward. And, one of the things that came out of that too, Tom, is like everybody's, like you said, is having the same question, questions. You know, how, what, what does this look like for production? What does this look like for funding? Mm-hmm. What does it look like for distribution? And you, you said something really interesting too about the distribution part. The fact that people are having like Zoom meetings, mm-hmm. you know, I think about it too. Like I used to do a lot of breakfast meetings and sometimes people were like, hey, drive across town and meet me. Well, okay, I can have breakfast for 45 minutes with somebody, but it takes me like, you know, with traffic, an hour to get there, 45 minutes and an hour to get back. That's like three hours out of my day.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you and I have done it. You know, it's like I'm like, yeah, I'm coming from Sherman Oaks and like, yeah, I got to get to Burbank or no, not, Burbank, uh, uh Hollywood for, um, you know, to do pars or something like that. So it, we've done it, you know, and it's like especially that that drive, you know, sometimes you got to leave an hour and a half just to go to five miles, you know. And so, yeah, there's there's an ease of jumping on. And obviously, like I said, for those virtual markets, there was an ease of jumping on with international people without traveling to Cannes, France. And remember, you know, when you did that, it was the flights and it was the food and it was the apartments and all that stuff that you had to do that just wasn't a cost. So there's definitely positives. And I always tried to look at the positives in this situation, but I'll say this: you know, we have our, um, you know, and I know it, we're announcing it coming up, we have our to-do list journal that uh, we're going to start putting out there, which was inspired by the to-do list journals that I have used in the past, uh, starting from just sheets of paper on a clipboard to different iterations. And it's we put it in a book form. But at the beginning of this, it all, it has a thing where it's going to say your year goals. And just re- really quick talking about the year goals. Every year, I make about 10, okay? And I haven't yet to have a year where I've hit 100% of them and i don't think of that as failure i think of that as a journey and you want to set something up that you're going to it's you're going to aspire to you know what i mean like even on my to do list when i do my daily to do list i'll cross up a full day once every 20 days or so i every day put a little bit more than i could do if you can believe it so that i i know that and i think that helps with your filmmaking life to look at it as a journey and not, you know, I did it, I'm here, you know what I mean? Like, so when you're putting these life goals down, or I mean, these year goals down, um, you can kind of look at it and say, all right. I mean, for me, I'd say I hit on average anywhere from 40 to 60% of those 10 goals in a year. So I actually look at that as a good feeling. One, I'm gonna, one year, I'm gonna hit all 10 goals if that's 10. And two, I know when I write those 10 goals, God damn, I'm gonna hit like 40 to 60% of these by the end of the year. And so I'd say to anybody listening, time to get out that piece of paper and uh, and if you eventually have our journal you could do it right in the front of there and so you're going to reference it every day um, and get those goals on paper and know that you're going to hit 40 to 60 percent of them and that that's a great feeling
0: awesome man well it's good to have you here and, and if other folks are interested in working with you at least from a mentorship capacity check out filmmaking stuff hq.com um, otherwise uh, you know I guess to all of you listeners, congratulations on getting through 2020. Yeah. And uh, we all look forward to having a fantastic 2021. We'll yes. talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of the Filmmaking Stuff Podcast with Jason Brubaker. If you like our show and want to get more filmmaking info, make sure you check out filmmakingstuff.com and join us every week for new filmmaking tactics. Until next time, take action and make your movie now.